You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. York Region Police have begun naming and shaming drunk drivers, and this in addition to province-wide increased penalties for that offense. And here is a very scary perpetrator. An Uber driver was among the 22 drivers charged with impaired operation of a vehicle from Christmas Eve to New Year's Day, and that is only in North York Region. His name is Dennis Romanin, or Romanin, and Uber says he was not using their app when he was pulled over, but that doesn't mean he wasn't driving for hire. What do you think? Is this a good strategy? Uh, you know, still a lot of people getting a behind the wheel of their cars. The number to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now we're going to Constable Andy Pattenden from York Regional Police. Hello there. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. So um, do you see this uh, naming and shaming as a deterrent? Well, you know, it is just one tool that uh, we've been using now uh, and, and amongst so many others to educate the public on, on the dangers of impaired driving. Um, you know, in York Region, we've had no shortage of uh, highly, highly publicized tragedies on our roadways as a result of impaired driving. So um, the discouraging thing for us and our, our chief, Eric Jolliffe, is that uh, despite all of these efforts, despite everything we put out there, the numbers of people choosing to drive while impaired by alcohol or drug just continue to rise. So, you know, this step of uh, publicizing the names of everybody that's been charged is just one more step that uh, we've taken uh, to try and change the trend of these numbers and have them go down. Uh, In these 22 drivers charged, uh, were a number of them high? Uh, I, the, the charges have changed. So as of December the 18th, the, the charge for impaired driving changed the wording of it. So uh, they lumped in alcohol and drug together. Uh, so we don't have the breakdown for the past week of the alcohol versus drug. But prior to that, uh, we definitely did. So we were publicizing whether it was impaired by alcohol or impaired by drug. So um, what we see, though, typically is uh, impaired by drug is the lesser of the two offenses. Uh, it counts for generally 7 to 10 percent of the drivers that we see here in York Region that are impaired by drug versus, you know, 90 plus percent uh, impaired by alcohol. Wow. And uh, can you just go over the increased penalties for drug yeah, driving? Uh, yeah, yeah, they have changed. As of December the 18th, uh, the offense is now uh, for a first offense when you have your blood alcohol content uh, between 80 and 119 milligrams. There's a now a mandatory minimum fine of $1,000 uh, for a first offense. If you're higher than that, so a reading of 120 to 159, it's now $1,500. And over 160, a mandatory minimum fine of $2,000. Uh, for a second offense of impaired driving, there's a mandatory minimum of 30 days imprisonment. Uh, and it just goes on from there. Um, it's it's quite complicated uh, in the structure for, for um, the the fines and associated uh, penalties for impaired driving. But let me tell you this, they're, they're serious. Uh, they're all very serious punishments that are associated with impaired driving. Uh, and in many cases, you know, we put the evidence forward as police and it's up to the courts uh, to decide how those, those sentences are handed out. But, um, you know, what's concerning for us is that despite the seriousness of the penalties, uh, 
people don't seem to be thinking about that when they're making the choice to consume alcohol or drugs and then get behind the wheel of a vehicle. Uh, it very much seems to be an afterthought that, uh, you know, once they're caught, oh my God, what kind of a mistake have I made? Uh, this is ruining my life or has ruined my life. Uh, but they're just not thinking about it at the time. And that's really what we need to see changing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, what, I, what I want to make clear with those penalties is what part, how do they compare to the penalties before December 18th? Well, they've gone up. They're more serious. Uh, there's more greater monetary uh, penalty. There's, uh, you know, potential for, for jail, more jail time. But the penalties prior to that were harsh as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, and it's, you know, it's up to the courts to decide. But, you know, we've, we've seen in York Region a first offense of impaired driving caused death. Someone's gotten 10 years incarceration for it. So, um, the penalties are significant, but again, you know, we, we hear constantly from, from our community and the feedback that we receive that people would like the penalties to be more strict, to be harsher. They think that's going to change things. You know, our concern and what we see is that people just don't put themselves in that mindset when they're having a drink or another drink or another drink or, you know, they're using drugs. They're not thinking of, oh, I, I could, you know, receive a $1,500 fine or I could receive time in jail or I could kill a family. They're not thinking about that when they're making those decisions. Well, I guess the I guess the the issue is that you you have to make the decision beforehand. I mean, uh, uh, you know, well, I I know sort of personally, my husband and I, if we're going out, we know we're going to have some wine, so uh, we we just don't take the car, but we make that decision before we uh, in, enjoy an alcoholic beverage. And and that's exactly it, and that is what we're trying to change is that whole mindset around, you know, you can go out and have a couple of drinks, then get behind the wheel of a vehicle because the law says I'm allowed to have some. But the problem is the law may allow you to have some, but how are you ever going to gauge your level of impairment? And as you consume more, uh, your ability to make a good decision also decreases. So, um, you know, we, we've done uh, events where we brought in the media and we've uh, allowed them to consume alcohol and then they give us some feedback. Oh, I think I'd be okay to drive. And we get them to blow into a machine and sure enough, you know, they might be under the legal limit, but we can see that they're obviously impaired. Um, and, and the other challenge here is that the level of impairment is different for everybody. So, while one person thinks they can have one drink and drive okay, another person, you know, I've heard it on a radio show recently, said they can have eight to ten beers and they, they're a better oh, driver after that. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and as long as that mindset is out there, this problem is never going to go away. Okay, let's uh, take a couple of calls. We've got Darko in Etobicoke. Hey, Darko. Yeah, I just want to make a couple comments. Firstly, like, you know, if you're going to report people's names, why don't we do it for all types of things, laws that they break, like shoplifters, thieves, you know, so everybody knows who they are. Um, and the other thing as far as, uh, you know, like with, with driving, so somebody who doesn't drink, I'm not saying people should drink and drive, but their natural instinct is to always speed. But we don't report on, on them when they, when they get a speeding ticket, say, for going 70 in a 40 zone in a residential area. Why aren't they singled out as much? Because they're just as dangerous, sometimes even more dangerous than people who had a couple beers, you know. And, and so it seems like it's, where it's targeted only one end of, of bad driving, which I agree, if you're impaired, it's, 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 not, it's a terrible thing. But then there's also the mindset of people who, they'll tell you straight out, oh, I, I can't drive slow. Like, why can't you? And then when they get their big ticket, why don't we know who they are? Why aren't they shamed, too? Uh, okay, I'll, uh, thanks for that, Darko. 
So, so to address both of those those questions, and they're good ones. Uh, the, for the first one, uh, we do name people that are charged with criminal offenses. So it's yes, we do. For police, we have the authority under the Police Services Act to to name people. So you you, you see information from us routinely on people that have committed robbery, fraud, break and enter, homicide. We release those names. So the, th- the threshold for us is is typically you know a serious criminal offense has been committed. So what's changed for us is that. The severity of the offense of impaired driving, in our minds, has increased. We've, we've had seven people killed on our roads in York Region this year. That's a serious offense. Um, so, so our choice to name these people um, is under our authority to do so. And, and like I said, we do that for other uh, criminal offenses. As it relates to, to people speeding... Uh, it's a different kind of offense. For the most part, speeding is a provincial offense, uh, and we don't typically put out the names of people that are charged with a provincial offense. Um, however, if they're charged in excessive speed and they're charged with a criminal offense of dangerous driving, uh, we have on numerous occasions put out media releases with people's names uh, where they've been charged criminally with dangerous driving. Okay. Andy, please hang on, and callers as well. We have to take another break, but we will be back with more on this very important topic. Let's break right now. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking to Andy Pattenden with York Regional Police about drunk driving and how to stop it and uh, their relatively new policy of naming and shaming. Uh, We've also learned that despite marijuana becoming legal, it's still mostly people impaired by alcohol and not by drugs. Does that surprise you, Constable? Uh, no, I mean impaired driving by drug is nothing new. We we are expecting, and we've seen an increase in the number of people that are have been using cannabis uh, and driving, and they've been charged with that. We've also seen uh, a lot of people that are mixing cannabis and alcohol uh, that's leading to impairment. So we we do believe over the course of 2019 that we're going to see uh, an increase in the number of impaired by drug charges that we do see in the region. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mixing—that's not good. No, and it's, it's again, it's, you know, it, it, it takes away people's ability to make a good decision. So, you know, they might have had a couple of drinks and then someone passes around a joint and they smoke that. And then, you know, they're not sure what the effect is going to be on their body, but then they get behind the wheel of a vehicle and then, you know, trouble ensues from there. So, um, you know, our message has been clear, as clear as it can be. If you've had any alcohol or any drugs, just don't get behind the wheel of a vehicle. You know, we're not saying don't drink. We're not saying don't use cannabis. We're just saying don't get behind the wheel of a vehicle after you've been using those two substances. Uh, I want to get back to this, uh, this story about an on-duty Uber driver. Uber has denied that he was on duty because he wasn't using the app, but that doesn't mean he wasn't. Um, is there any particular uh, penalty for, for an Uber driver? Uh, it's no different than the penalties for anybody else, uh, you know, as far as what uh, Uber does with with his employment. That's uh, up to them to discuss. That's not up, up to us. But, uh, you know, his penalties would be no different. There'd be a license, driver's license suspension, 90-day uh, driver's license suspension right out of the gate. Uh, he's charged criminally, so he's going to have to go to court and, and deal with that matter in court. And again, he's he's charged. He's not convicted. He still gets his day in court, just like everybody else that, that of the names we've published. And, you know, it, to give you an idea of the issue in, in York Region, and it's, it's this is not just York Region, it's GTA-wide, but we've laid 1,650 charges for impaired driving-related offenses in 2018. 
since we started naming people uh, on December 3rd, more than 100 names have been added to our list uh, of people that have been charged with this offense. These are people that are endangering the lives of innocent people on our roads. So, you know, if you don't think it's a problem, think again, because it's a huge issue. Okay, I'm just going to give the numbers out again. We do have a few minutes left to take your calls. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And uh, I'm, I'm a... I don't know that I'm surprised that there is no special penalty for an Uber driver, but this is, you know, if you make a good decision not to drive, that's who you might call to help you out. And uh, to me, that is really just beyond the pale. It is shocking, but I can tell you it's one of the many shocking stories that we see every day with regards to impaired driving. In our region, we've over the past year, I can tell you, we've had people, we had a school bus driver uh, charged with impaired driving. Oh, my goodness. Uh, transit bus drivers that have been you know, investigated for impaired driving, uh, taxi cab drivers, Uber drivers. Like it, 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 this, is not, uh, this is not a problem that's, you know, it's it's just right across the board. Like it's and and every week we look at this. It's one shocking story after the next. I mean, right before uh, the Christmas holidays, we had uh, a driver uh, in the middle of the day, right out front of an elementary school, leave the roadway, travel for 150 feet across the sidewalk, take out a couple of trees, uh, and charge with impaired driving. Middle of the day, school in session. So. You know, the, the the thing that's frustrating us is that we continue to see this week after week after week. We talk about the number of people that have died. Uh, we're, we're constantly talking about the tragedy and, and the families now, how they're dealing with the loss of their loved ones. Uh, but it's a short memory, right? 24 hours later, everyone's on to the next story. So uh, for us, it's very frustrating. And, and, you know, we put it out to our community and say, what's it going to take for this to change? And the two things that we continue to hear back is, Stiffer penalties, and uh, our community called for us to be naming people charged with this offense, and that's what we decided to do. Okay, let's take a call from Jan in Guelph. Hello, Jan. Hello, Jan, uh, Libby. Happy New Year and everything. Just quickly, the only way, well, I don't know the only way, but how about they never drive for the rest of their lives? Once that message gets out, I think people will, will think about twice about drunk driving. Okay. Drunk driving. Okay. Okay, Jan. Bye-bye. Bye. Is is that enough, Andy? Because you're saying that that the penalties don't come into it when people get behind the wheel drunk. You know that that that's what we see is that people are not thinking about the penalties or or they're willing to take the risk. Um, you know, there's nobody driving in in the GTA that hasn't heard about uh, impaired driving being a bad thing, right? So it, this is not new to anybody, but people are willing to take the risk and they're willing to make that choice. And and this that's what's also frustrating about this is it's a choice. It's such a preventable offense. Uh, these lives that have been lost, a hundred percent preventable uh, if people had just made a different choice. So. Um, taking away their license for the rest of their life. I don't know. I don't think they're putting themselves, people that choose to drive impaired, they're not putting themselves in that headspace to say, uh, you know, I'm going to get behind the wheel of my car now and uh, I'm not concerned that I'm going to lose my license for the rest of my life or I'm not concerned that I'm going to kill that family that was just driving along innocently. I don't think they're putting their their mind there. And and it just needs to change uh, earlier on in the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you think that the levels of what is considered impaired have to be lowered? Well, 
the, the, the challenge with that is what is impaired, right? It's different for everybody. So as far as the law goes, yeah, there's a, there's a strict line in the sand, especially when it comes to alcohol, of 0.080. Anything above that, you're impaired. So what does that mean to you? You know, h- how many drinks can you have before you get behind the wheel of a vehicle and blow that amount? Uh, I can tell you it's different for everybody. Everyone has their own belief on what they think is okay and what isn't okay. But in what we've seen, and again, when we do these uh, presentations to the media where we bring people from the media in and we have them drink and blow into these devices, nobody knows how much is too much until it's too late. So what we constantly say and, and what we hope to you know, get everyone to, to buy into is that no amount is a safe amount. So even though the law allows you to have some, just don't have any. Well, it's in in BC, they've basically done just that, or I think the level might be 0.05. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's come down. Um, uh, but, you know, it's also changed in Ontario as well. So if you're a commercial driver, you're not allowed to have any alcohol or any drugs in your system. If you're a novice dryer, driver, same thing. And, you know, maybe that's what needs to change. Maybe it just needs to be zero. And that takes the guesswork out of everything. I mean, you talked about it earlier. When, when you go out for a drink, you make other arrangements. Well, if everybody knew that if you were going to get behind the wheel of a vehicle, you're not allowed to have any alcohol or any drugs, uh, maybe that might change people's mindsets. Okay, I'm going to take a quick call from Tony in Keswick, because Tony used to own a bar. Yeah, I was in a bar business for quite a while, and I just find that the ones who the officers um, catch that do something like this, this gentleman did in the school zone and whatnot, these are the hardcore alcoholics who I think once they get taught, they should have to go through, I don't know if they do, but they should have to go through a program. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a drinker, so uh, but I drive. And I, but a lot of these guys should, as alcoholics, should have a some kind of a mandatory program. They have to go through uh, through AA or something like that before they get their license back or something. But uh, a lot of these guys are hardcore drinkers, and that's who uh, you know. Uh, I found uh, used to do that, and I couldn't grab the keys off them. They'd push it, and we tried everything. You know, so that's interesting. And I do agree. No drinking and driving, people. Okay. Thanks for that. Okay, uh, we are, uh, you know, we've got about a minute left. So, uh, uh, Andy, what would you like to leave us with? You know, one of the encouraging signs that we do see in our region is that the number of people calling 911 to report suspected impaired drivers is going up. And and that's what we really need out there as well. So, you know, our, our number one message is don't drink and drive, don't, you know, use drugs and drive. If you had any, just don't get behind the wheel of a vehicle. That makes it a simple decision for everybody. But secondary, if you do spot an, a suspected impaired driver out there, it is a call to 911. It's a crime in progress. Uh, we do respond to all these calls. And by making that call and not second-guessing yourself, by making that call, you could save a life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very tough for us to measure uh, the effectiveness of some of these campaigns that we do because you're never going to be able to, to, to measure the person who made the choice not to drink and drive or not to use drugs and drive. But, you know, we hope that with all the publicity and with, you, with your help in the media getting it out there, hopefully mindsets are going to start to change and people will make better choices. Okay, but and when you make that call, uh, pull over so you don't uh, get uh, pulled over for distracted driving while no, you're doing it's, it's that. Exempt. It's exempt. It's an emergency call. You can, oh. you can call, uh, use your phone in progress of an emergency call to 911. Really? Okay. Yep. Well, now I learned something new. <laughs> okay. Thank you very, very much for that. Constable Andy Pattenton from York Region Police. Very important issue. Don't, drunk and dr- don't drink and drive. Thanks for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for 
today. Program note tomorrow, uh, very first fight back appearance by Toronto Police Chief Mark Saunders. So please stay tuned for that. And I bet we're going to continue that very interesting conversation from our first segment today on carding, among other things. So uh, Chief Mark Saunders coming on tomorrow. And right now we break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.